buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. All right, welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. I'm very excited for today's guest. I have Tim Clark, who's the CEO and founder over at Uncrushed. Tim has spent the last nine plus years at Salesforce, currently leading Trailblazer Marketing for Sales Cloud. In addition to his seven plus years in marketing, he, pre- he previously spent seven years in sales. Tim was an enterprise AE when he lost his dad suddenly in 2013. With all of the pressure of the day-to-day role combined with the sudden loss, he found himself spiraling downward with mental health challenges, including depression, grief, and addiction. He shares his journey openly and vulnerably, and we are going to dig into that today. Tim, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Colin. Wow. It's like, I forgot I put that in my bio. We're just going to get straight in the, uh, in the thick of it. Yeah, there was actually more in there, but I was like, we got to save some of the, uh, we got to save some of this for the, for the conversation. Cause I've got lots of questions. Um, <laughs> So uh, appreciate you taking time right before the holiday to hop on here. Um, you know, I think this is a topic that is a uh, great time to talk about this topic any time of the year. So um, let's just kind of kick it off here. Take us back a little bit. Where did your sales marketing journey sort of start? And then let's go from there. Yeah, sure. So I, uh, I went to university and studied philosophy. Not sure what you do with a philosophy degree, maybe become a teacher uh, but it, it was something I was good at. And then I, uh, I fell into sales. Um, I, I work for a company now owned by Vodafone in the telecom sector in England. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked for Rico and the hardware and software space. Uh, and then in 2012, uh, I joined Salesforce, uh, based in London, uh, as mm-hmm. an enterprise AE. So I did about seven years of, of carrying a number, carrying a bag. Uh, before moving over to the uh, product marketing world in, I think, 2014. Mm. Okay. So you said you started at Salesforce in 2012? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, basically shortly after that is when, when you had the, the sudden loss of your dad, right? Yeah. So I remember uh, the month before I joined Salesforce, uh, August 2012, I uh, got to go on vacation with my dad, uh, took him to Australia. Um, you know, we, we flew pretty near the front of the plane. I, I spent a lot of like my commission on that. And it, it's just, just a, a memory that I hold really close to me. Uh, cause that was the last trip that I, I took with him. And although I saw him multiple times over the year ahead, uh, all of a sudden in, in July, 2013, 
uh, I'd finished work for the day and I was out with some friends and I, I got a call saying that he'd, uh, that he'd had a, a stroke and was in hospital. Um, and it's, it's so interesting. Like it's, it just turned everything upside down. I didn't really know how to handle that emotion or process that emotion. Uh, I, I grew up in a single parent family just with my dad. So he was, mm. he was everything for me. And, um, yeah, I, I got to, he was in a coma when I, when I saw him on the Saturday, uh, and I, I said my goodbyes to him and, um, and then he passed away a few days later after that. Wow. And this was just, you know, already with, you know, lots new in a new role, you know, then to kind of be hit with this sounds like, you know, based on what I already know, that kind of put you into a pretty, pretty dark place, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I going back to the age of eleven, I, I got bullied at school. I never fit in, and so my my first coping mechanism was education. You know, just study as mm. hard as I possibly could. Uh, same as when I started my working career in two thousand and seven. It's just immerse myself in work, um, and I I think you know a lot of well, I'll just talk about my own experience. Like it, it it was you know be seen not heard. Don't talk about your emotions. You have to be strong. Don't cry. Mm. Um, and, and so a lot of my self-worth was wrapped into my job and I just had to be as successful as possible and, and move all the way up. Um, and so it was really a reflection point for me in, uh, in 2013, because all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, maybe work isn't everything in my life. Like maybe there's an opportunity to, to reprioritize. And so I, I have massive respect for anyone in sales because I, I think the sales industry is one of the toughest industries that's out there. Um, and then you add on to that personal challenges, at least for me, it's like, do I really want someone kind of beating down on me? Like, what's your number? What's your number? Are you going to close? Are you going to get this deal over the line? You know, when I'm dealing or not dealing with uh, with personal issues. And so I ultimately I turned to other coping mechanisms, you know, and I, yeah. I'm a firm believer that like drugs and alcohol, they're, they're just the surface level things. My, my core issue is that I didn't know how to handle my emotions or process them healthily. And so, um, so yeah, there are a lot of other vices and, you know, I, I was never around that as a kid. And so it's, it's surprised me looking back on it now, uh, that I found my, my way there. And, and that's because I, I, I'm a firm believer, like addiction doesn't discriminate. You know, it can, it can just come up in, in many forms, whether it's pills or drugs or alcohol, sex, love, social media, work. Um, you know, I'm, I believe that everyone has some form of, um, of hook or addiction challenge. It's just sometimes some of them are viewed as healthier in, in society. Yeah. And I think that, to just kind of go back for a second, right. Is, is, is that it's so common that, you know, in a sales organization, it's like, Oh, leave your personal stuff at home. Right. You gotta, when you're here, you need to be focused. You need to hit your activities. You need to build your pipeline. You need to hit your quota. And I mean, I remember early on being, being told that like whatever your personal, whatever your personal garbage is, like when you walk in the door, like leave that at home. Right. Cause you need to be in a, you know, you need to be uh, in your suit of armor, like ready to, you know, kick some ass and take some names when you're in this sales role. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's, there's still a lot of environments that are very much like that. Yeah, because I, I, I think there's a lack of training. 
you know, whether it's an organizational level or manager level. Uh, I don't, I'm interested in your opinion on this one. Like there's this growing trend on LinkedIn right now of like LinkedIn's becoming Facebook. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and my view personally is that why well, I think people are just being more authentic and they're just yeah. bringing their full selves to, to work and, you know, work and personal is, is so intertwined, particularly over the last couple yeah. of years. Yeah, I don't see people complain about it as much anymore. Occasionally I do it. I'd say maybe, I don't know, a year or two ago, there was more people like, you know, this doesn't belong here. Or when did this become Facebook? Or this is business, not per like, when did business become personal? It's like, what? Like, yeah. it, they don't need to be treated as these two separate things. Like, right. you know, we're all just human beings. And like, if you don't like who I am or what I stand for or all of me, then we're probably not going to work together anyway. So I'd rather find out early. <laughs> yeah. And, and like we're seeing right now with the great resignation, like so many people are leaving their jobs. And as part of the interview process, they want to work for <laughs> a manager that's going to, uh, in general, these are generalizations, a manager that's willing to speak openly about mental health uh, or at least to be vulnerable and authentic. They want to work for a company that, that prioritizes wellness um, and, and I think sometimes like th there's almost a stigma associated with the word mental health. Like if you want to take care of your mental health, that must mean you have mental illness, mm. uh, which, which is not, is not the case. You know, I think ultimately, um, people are just trying to be healthy, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Right. Um, and you know, now over the last few years in particular, like we've just seen people speak more openly about mental health. Yeah. I mean, what a ridiculous assumption, right? Just because you do things to take care of your mental health means you have a mental problem. You know, it's like, that's like saying, oh, you know, you go to the gym, so you must have a health problem. <laughs> right, right. You know, like it's that, it's that ridiculous. And, and so yeah, I, I agree. And I think that, you know, um, there's still a lot of, you know, work that be, needs to be done in order for, you know, organizations to, get more comfortable talking about this stuff or creating a safe place for people to be able to, you know, be vulnerable. I think, you know, uh, I think a lot of sellers are just kind of like scared to speak up because they're like, Oh, if I say I have this, or if I tell them what's really go on, going on, it's, you know, it's going to put their job at risk or, you know, maybe they're not going to get assigned certain accounts or they're going to get, you know, treated um, differently. Yeah, I, and it's very real, you know, with some of the work we do at Uncrushed where uh, people share their personal experiences around mental illness or mental health. We we want those people to say, hey, if you're putting this out there, like there there is a risk of discrimination. And, mm -hmm. you know, both myself and another great guy who I love, Jeff Risley of the Sales Health Alliance, uh, you know, we, we've both seen this even on LinkedIn, like you shouldn't talk about this. Or if someone asks for a mental health day, I would fire them. You know, and, and just putting the legalities to one side, like how how sad that that this happens. But I I think it it takes trailblazers to to make a change. You know, just as we have many other areas of inequality, it takes trailblazers to speak openly uh, about their experiences and and to come forward. Um, but definitely, like, even I had those um, biases before. You know, if someone took a, a leave of absence, you know, to go on disability and, and work on their mental health. Like why, why should that be regarded any different than someone dealing with a, with a physical health challenge? And, and I think the only way we change that is by normalizing it 
like how great that if someone is, is experiencing burnout and they take some time off to work on themselves or if someone is struggling with something like addiction and they get to work on themselves like mm. amazing i know for me with my journey like i've taken time off I, i'm one of the strongest people i know and i i say that with no ego but it's because i've been lucky enough to be given time to work on myself uh and and to recognize how i can handle things yeah and i, I mean and it's it, it, the th the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize, and it's something I had to realize kind of early on in in my own sales career, is is that you want to be better in your job and your role, hit you know hitting your goals, crushing your quota, whatever you want to call it. Like you need to do more work on yourself, not sharpening your you know hard skills in your role, but you need to take better care of yourself mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, like you name it, taking time off, um, creating habit. Like the more that you time that you can dedicate to taking care of yourself personally, the more you will excel professionally. Yeah. And you know, a couple of things you mentioned there. So it's a, first of all, just focusing on the word crushed. And when we created uncrushed, um, we, we really wrap that in, you know, how many times are you told to crush it, but really you're getting crushed yourself. And mm -hmm. so how do you become uncrushed? Um, yeah. and, and you're absolutely right. Like there is a responsibility on the individual. Um, but there's also a responsibility on the manager as well. And I think traditionally companies and managers have gone, well, I can't talk about that. It's an HR issue. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are other strategies. Like one thing that I love is, is just implementing a traffic light system, like maybe starting a meeting, and the manager says, hey, I'm, I'm feeling amber right now for this reason. So leading with vulnerability. That then creates an environment of vulnerability and courage for the employee then to say, well, I'm, I'm feeling red right now or I'm feeling green because of, because of this reason. But yeah. I, I think if, unless the manager leads and, and says uh, how they're feeling, you're unlikely to get a response. It's like if I say to you, hey, how are you? And you go, I'm fine. And, yeah. and it's like, you've got to ask how someone is twice and, and really get below the surface level. Or you got to, you got to ask a little bit more of an open question, right? Because, yeah. Yeah. Because, exactly. um, and, and you, or read between the lines, right? Like if you say, Hey Tim, how are you doing? You're like, Oh, I'm great. You know, yeah. that, that, that's, that's different than, uh, you know, I'm good. You know, that's yeah. two very different responses. Um, it's interesting because even, uh, I have three little ones and, 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 you know, I have one in first grade and, and one in kindergarten and they even are starting, you know, now at that level to trying to teach them emotional intelligence a little bit and, you know, have them kind of check in with how they're feeling each day, which is, you know, they, they never, I never had that when I was a kid, you know, but like, these are the things that I think, you know, a, a lot of people either my age or older, you know, didn't get that sort of education or that sort of level of awareness um, that like, it's okay to talk about how you're feeling about something that there's nothing wrong with that. Doesn't mean you're weak. Doesn't mean you're less than, doesn't mean you're different. Um, which is, you know, kind of from, you know, you sharing a little bit about your story is kind of, that's how you grew up. And I think many, you know, grew up similar way. Yeah. And I, I think also then you start to look at, uh, you know, like men in general are, mm. are meant to be strong. Um, and then you start to look at um, different uh, ethnicities and races, um, you know, it varies significantly. Like I think it's one thing for two people in the US to speak openly about mental health. But when you start to look at uh, cultures in, in Asia and India, um, it, it, it's like we don't speak about this. 
you know, and, and so I've been fascinated by so many people that have contributed to Uncrushed that have mm. shared the stigma of Uncrushed in their cultures. Um, and it, there's, there's multiple levels mm-hmm. of stigma associated with, with speaking about this. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's even like a little bit harder for, for men to, to, to be open to talking about these type of things. Yeah. And, and then if a woman speaks about it, they're too emotional. And yeah. so like on, on either end of the spectrum, like no one can win here. And so I, I feel like the opportunity is, is like, how do we just hold space? And, and also the amount of times when we, when we, we need to work on our listening skills and it's not just listening to respond, but actually holding space for people. And so some of the events that we've done on Crush with, with different tech companies, we've gone in, it's, it's never been about me or whoever's representing on Crush. And, you know, we, we share our stories to create a space of vulnerability but really when we create the events, it's about holding space for other employees to share their stories. Um, and, and it just normalizes it, you know, and this is something I, I try and do at my work every day as well is, is I check in with other people on the team, not just like, hey, where we're at with this project or what's the latest on, on this, but actually going, how, how are you doing today? And, and not just, again, not surface level, but mm. actually listening uh, and, and holding space and, and not just being like, oh, yeah, well, I, I also went through this and I did this. You know, I, it, it, I'm trying not to minimize what someone else is going through and, and just truly being authentic and listening to them. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and I think, you know, for people that are maybe listening to this and they're like, oh, man, maybe I'm going to, you know, try to create that space, you know, um, it's going to be uncomfortable yeah. at first. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to feel a little unnatural probably. It's going to feel uncomfortable, um, but you just got to do it anyway and just, you know, see, see what happens. Right. Like, I mean, how bad is it that like, if you actually genuinely asked, you know, somebody on your team, you know, how they were doing, like you were not about how, where are we at with this project? They'd probably be shocked. Like, what, what do you mean? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> right. They would be, they would be taken back. Uh, they would think it's some sort of trick or like, why, why are you asking me that? Because it's so against everything that's you know, kind of the way it's been for so long. Yeah. And I, I think there's a responsibility of, of people that are in leadership positions or have more years of experience to, to hold these conversations. Like I, I recognize, you know, if there's anyone that's maybe only got a few years under their belt, or perhaps you're, you know, you're a junior BDR or an AE, like you may not want to speak openly about this. And that's totally okay. You know, the, mm-hmm. the takeaway from this conversation is not that you have to share everything with everyone. Yeah. But I would say if you're a leader listening to this, like just start to share openly. And it doesn't have to be like, oh, I, I struggled with this in terms of addiction, but it could be like, I, you know, I'm experiencing some anxiety or I recognize right now, like a lot of people are facing burnout because of X, Y, and Z. And these are some of the things that, that I've been doing to, to help out with that. And not every conversation has to be to be public. You know, one of our other co-founders, Janelle, she, she talked about this concept of building your personal board of directors. And so just mm-hmm. like build five people, a community of five people that you trust. Um, and so there, there'll be some people at work that I speak to about some things. There'll be some people that I speak to, you know, in therapy or with a doctor or just some close friends that I speak to about other things. You know, you don't have to share everything with everyone. Yeah, that's a, that's such a great point. You know, find some people that you trust, maybe just some peers. And that's a good place to start with, you know, 
because it's even uncomfortable, I think, for people to start sharing things. It's uncomfortable for leaders to start creating space for this type of thing. Um, but I think it can start, you know, at the top and at the bottom or whatever, you, however you want to look at it, both ends um, uh, of making it more comfortable. Yeah. All right, so, yeah. So, so talk me through a little bit, you know, 2013, let's go back for a second. We've talked about a lot here, but 2013 after your dad, you know, suddenly passed away, you know, that kind of put you in a really dark spot. Um, what did coming out of the other end of that look like? And then when did, you know, uncrushed become a thing? Yeah, it's, uh, I think like many tech companies and, and probably just on myself as an individual, like there's, uh, there's a culture of like working hard and playing hard. Uh, and, you know, I, I kind of took that to excess, uh, you know, and thankfully for me, like I was still extremely functional and my career still continued to go up, you know, I was able to keep it hidden for a long time. Uh, and then I, I hit the point in 2017 where I was like, I don't, I don't want my life to be this way anymore. Like if I'm able to achieve this whilst doing this, imagine what I could do if I didn't have these substances and I was, you know, in, in a much healthier position um, physically and, and mentally. And so, so I took a break from work and I, I got some help. Uh, but I remember in that moment in 2017, like I, I felt like I was the only person in the world that has had this problem, uh, yeah. at least that worked at Salesforce or in the tech industry. Um, and, and so I, I raised this flag to someone. I was like, why, why don't people speak about this in the workplace? Uh, and, and obviously, you know, there's, there's clear reasons on why you wouldn't speak about this in the workplace. Um, but now, like I, I'm jumping around a little bit, but in, in 20, what year are we in 2021 or end of 2020, uh, at Salesforce, they created an employee resource group called Soberforce, uh, which is for sober and sober curious employees and their allies to, to speak about, um, uh, sobriety in the workplace. And again, think of the word, just like we talked about mental health and mental illness, when I say the word sober, the first thing that comes to someone's mind is addiction. But someone might just choose not to have alcohol for health reasons or religious reasons. Like you, you could be sober for whichever reason. Mm. And so I think sober force has really been an evolution from some of the stuff that, that I did with Uncrushed. So rewinding a little bit, when I had reached a good place in my own recovery in 2018, I reached out to a few friends who'd also experienced uh, different types of challenges, but uh, all under the spectrum of, of mental health. And we said, hey, we want to create a community and a platform for people to share their personal experiences. And so maybe someone will listen to this and they'll be able to relate to my story. Um, and there'll be many people that won't be able to relate to my stories. And that's fine because we have over 150 people that have shared their stories on Uncrush. Um, and so whether it's through... Uh, video, audio, written articles, uh, through events, uh, through doing research. We, you know, we partnered with uh, Jeff Risey and the Self Health Alliance and Richard Harris in uh, earlier this year uh, to do a state of mental health in the sales industry where we surveyed 800 people uh, and looked at the correlation between sales performance and, and mental health. Um, so it's really been an evolution. We have a fantastic team of, of volunteers. And so I would say, you know, now as, as we record this at the end of 2021, um, you know, I, I look at Uncrushed, I look at Soberforce, we've had many companies reach out to us, want to set up similar programs. And that's because they, they want to they wanna hold space for this. They recognize, again, like the way to retain employees, the way to 
um, attract employees is, is to have a specific agenda around mental health. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So just to kind of go back there, the timeline, right? 2013, you know, to 2017, kind of rough Mm -hmm. patch, right? And then worked on yourself for, you know, 2018, sober fest or sober force over at Salesforce, um, kind of helped kick around some ideas of, of, of some things that you could be doing. Um, and then sounds like lots of people have been, you know, raising their hand and saying, Hey, we want to support this and be a part of what you guys are doing. Yeah. And, and on that period between 2013 and 2017, like I, I struggled, but, but no one, no one would have ever seen that, you know, on the face of it, if you look at my LinkedIn, like I got promotions, I was hitting my number in sales, then, you know, hitting my KPIs in, in marketing. They gave me a relocation package over to San Francisco so again, it's this concept of, of wearing a mask uh, metaphorically, because on the face of it, people could just see someone that had their shit together and, mm. you know, was doing all these keynotes and interviews and flying around. It was like amazing. But it, but it's only when I took that mask off and revealed, like, actually, I'm struggling, you know, and there was an opportunity for, for a better life. So, so, yeah, between 2017, 18, started to take that mask off. Then we created Uncrushed in, in 2018, and then it evolved to the creation of Soberforce in, at the end of 2020. Wow. Wow. All right. So tell us now a little bit about people that are curious, like if I want to, you know, if I'm somebody who needs some help, how does Uncrushed support me? If I'm somebody who wants to get involved, you know, let's kind of start there. Yeah, so two of the stats I always talk about, Mental Health America pre-pandemic says one in five people in the U.S. experiencing some form of mental illness uh, at any point in time. Of those one in five, which I'm guessing now with COVID is probably five in five, uh, of those, you know, 60% of them aren't reaching out for professional help. And so our whole goal of Uncrushed is not from the point that someone's reached out for help. It's, it's, it's before that. The whole point that we're trying to do is is hopefully you'll connect with the story. You'll hear not only where they struggled, but what they did to to navigate those challenges and, and find a light uh, in the hope that you will then reach out for help. So we, we try and connect people with peer-to-peer support or professional support. And we have a, you can go to uncrush.org forward slash resources. And there's a, a ton of information, you know, depending on, on what you're you're struggling with. Uh, we, we don't take any money from any for-profit businesses. You know, there's, there's many out there. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so we, we don't provide any specific recommendations. Um, we're specifically focused on probably on the point that I was in in 2017. Like, how do I recognize that I have a problem? How do I recognize that there is a solution? And then what do these solutions look like? And, you know, for me in 2017, uh, it's because someone told me their story. You know, and they shared with me what their challenge was, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's really what we try and try and do with Uncrushed. And so if there's anyone that's, you know, interested in volunteering, you, all of this is on the website, uncrushed.org, but we, you know, we have opportunities for volunteers. The other thing I, I love to share is if you want to share your story, you know, maybe this has inspired you to share your story, you can go to uncrushed.org forward slash submissions. Uh, and there's a ton of detail on, on how we get your story out there. Um, and then also if you want to run an event, there's, there's details on how you can run a, an event with Uncrushed as well. Wow. And what about for like 
companies that, you know, want support to create programs or do you guys do anything like that? Yeah. So uh, on our events page, we give some details on some of the events that we've run previously, you know, somewhere in person. Then obviously with the pandemic, we've done everything virtually. Um, so yeah, there's, there's details on there. Incredible. Um, thanks so much for coming on, Tim. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate you sharing, you know, part of your story and, and, and the work that you're doing there at Uncrushed. Uh, if people, what's the best place for people to get into your world other than, you know, the Uncrushed website, which we'll include in the show notes or anything else, any other final thoughts? Yeah, I love to connect with people on LinkedIn, you know, and, and one thing I found is with the, some of the stuff I share, sometimes people want to comment publicly. There's also a lot of people that will just send me <laughs> messages in, in private. So whatever your comfort level is, you know, and, and again, if you don't connect with me, we've got an amazing board of directors, um, you know, with, with James Buckley, with Richard Harris, Janelle Cronk, Lindsay Boggs, Nikki mm-hmm. Ivey, Sean Karaguchi, uh, you know, so find someone that you do connect with. And, and the majority of those people have shared their stories on Uncrushed. Um, so if there's any takeaways from this, I would say, you know, please just find someone that you trust with, find someone that you connect with. And, you know, one thing that one of my favorite researchers is, is Johan Harry, and he has this great TED talk uh, called Everything You Know About Addiction is Wrong. And he says mm-hmm. the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. The opposite of addiction is um, connection. I blanked there. Uh, the opposite of addiction is connection. And, mm. you know, again, addiction, strong word, but just, just focus on like health equals connection. And so, you know, just like you're doing with your podcast community, just like we've seen with so many sales communities, people want to connect with each other. It's just such human need. So find someone you trust, some, find someone you can connect with and, and don't go through this alone. Thanks so much, Tim. I really appreciate it. We'll drop your LinkedIn. We'll drop the Uncrush website there in the show notes for everybody. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. It really does help us out. And we're always listening for your feedback. You can go to salestransformation.fm. You can drop me a voice DM there and I will get back to you. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.